Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. Before we get started, a quick word about our sponsor, Offer to Close. Offer to Close is a transaction coordinator service helping agents get more transactions from contract to close. Spend less time doing the paperwork and more time on your business. Learn more at OfferToClose.com. If you're listening to the show, then you know tech is changing all industries and fast. The rental property industry is not immune to this at all. And thanks to our sponsor, XBased, for helping us shine a light on all the services and companies out there changing the real estate landscape. Go ahead and learn more at xspaced.com. That's X-S-P-A-C-E-D.com, Xspaced, the future of rentals for landlords and tenants. Okay, this episode is a little bit different and far more finance focused than a lot of our previous episodes. We have the CEO of CityVest, Alan Dunfeld, and this guy has decades of experience of pulling together multi, multi, multi-million dollar deals. He himself has done over $2 billion worth in all types of real estate and finance transactions. And CityVest City is really going the next level on how they're creating access to institutionalized funds for accredited investors. Even if you're not an accredited investor, this show is going to give you something to aspire to Kick back, relax, enjoy the show. Well, hey, Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. Good to be here. I appreciate you taking the side the time to, to join me and talk about what you guys are doing over at CityVest. Uh, I, I admitted to you, you know, a little bit before our show here that I had to do a little studying, uh, digging deep into what you guys are doing because it's a little bit above my pay grade. So I'm excited to bring this to the TechNest audience. Um, as always, let's get started with the basics. Sure. Um, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, Alan Donenfeld, I'm CEO and founder of CityVest Capital. We're, uh, we go by two titles. Uh, the, uh, the, the casual name for what we do is real estate crowdfunding. Uh, more technically, we are a online real estate investment marketplace. I've been in uh, investments for almost 40 years, got out of Duke Business School in 1981, worked for a series of very large investment banking firms in New York City where I'm located, and then started a uh, FINRA broker-dealer, ran a hedge fund for many years, and now my passion is finding the best real estate investments for individual investors. That's impossible. There's no good deals out there. That's what I keep hearing. We find them, we'll get into it. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to look in some different places then maybe because that's where I've been struggling. So um, let's help us out here. What's the big problem, the big picture that CityVest is working to solve? What, what are you guys trying to fix for people out there? Sure. So in, in real estate, uh, real estate has uh, a, a couple of problems. Uh, real estate is difficult to find the best deals because you don't know who the sellers are. Real estate is all around us, and we all think that this side of the street is good or that side or multifamily 
industrial, medical office. We don't know which deal is the best. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very big ticket items. So if you buy a building, it might cost $10 million. So for an individual investor, that's a difficult deal. You need to get your credit and numbers together. You need banking relationships. It's illiquid, so you can't do a lot of deals. If you've done one, you might ta get tapped out. So real estate has lots of those problems. Uh, the problem that we're looking to solve is to uh, bring real estate investing and make it easily accessible by investors to find good deals uh, and easy to uh, analyze the deal and make the investment. There's a whole lot in there and I can't wait to start unpacking this. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> Let's start with this one. So who is CityVest designed for? There's a lot of things in there. Obviously we're talking about finding deals, but describe to me the, the type of person that would get the most out of CityVest. Right. So our mission is to uh, bring institutional real estate investing to individual investors. So we know that large pensions and endowments, uh, entities like Harvard and Yale's endowment that have 60 and $70 billion to invest, uh, CalPERS, uh, Teachers of New York, these funds have billions of dollars to invest and they mm -hmm. invest with very large institutional investors like Blackstone, BlackRock, KKR, and those kind of firms usually have large teams of very experienced real estate investing professionals, and they typically find the best deals because that's all they do day in and day out. They have the credit, they have the capital to move quickly on investments. So that's that institutional market. And then you have individuals that catch the excitement of real estate investing, and they think that they can do something similar to Blackstone or BlackRock or KKR, they think they can do it with a, you know, a small multifamily apartment building or a, a little uh, medical office building. The, the reality is you can't do that. And the, there are people that are finding some of those smaller deals. I call them sponsors and they kind of work on a deal by deal basis, but typically they charge very high fees and their deals aren't usually the best. It's just a deal that that sponsor was able to get his grips into, was able to sign some sort of letter of intent, and the seller was a bit more flexible and giving that person three months or four months to close. And so that's the deal that usually is presented to individual investors. I want to find the institutional deals for mm. individual investors. I want them to have the best return with the lowest fees. Is there a threshold of value for a deal that bumps it into the institutional category? So uh, usually uh, those large institutional investment funds have one, two, five, ten million dollar minimum subscriptions to be able to invest in their fund. So unless you have at least a million dollars, you can't gain mm. access to those funds. So that becomes a big barrier to entry. How do you even get the capital together? So what we do is we gain access to those institutional funds by pooling individual investors together. So if we have a hundred people at $25,000, that's two and a half million dollars. 
Now we gain access to mm -hmm. the institutional fund, which typically is a better fund with lower fees. Got it. And then obviously everyone wins on that because they're at a better point of uh, leverage with that. And now these investors you talked about, and we looked at it on the website, but I do want to clarify, CityVest is exclusive to accredited investors, correct? Right. So that it's a defined term for SEC purposes, and it's typically 250000 if you're single or 300000 uh, for a married couple in annual net income for the prior two years or a million dollar net worth excluding your home. So the investors are wealthy, but even if you're worth two or three million, you don't want to put a million dollars into one deal. So you may want to put only a hundred thousand, 150, whatever that number is, you want to put a smaller amount um, than typically those institutional funds require. And so our niche is really 25,000 to about 200,000. We pool them together to gain access to institutional funds. Yeah, I would say betting uh, a third of your personal wealth <laughs> on one deal, that, man, that could really work out or man, that could be a bad day somewhere down the line. Well, luckily we're in real estate and, and real estate is one of the uh, least volatile and has been a great performer, particularly over the last 10 years um, as t mm -hmm. actually today to date your show, today is the 10th anniversary of Lehman Brothers failure in 2008. This is about that. Yes. Uh, but in any event, uh, real estate has performed extremely well since 2008. Um, and so real estate is a great place for investors to put their money. In 2008, I was going to college. I had just finished up working for a home builder that, uh, had went through, we went through tumultuous times. In 2005, we were the fastest growing home builder in the country, number seven on the Inc. 500. And then it was by 2008, they had to do some restructuring or uh, 2009, maybe I think some restructuring because some, obviously the economy uh, did not fare well. I, I want to read something that I found on your site. And then uh, I wanted to uh, have you break it down as to why this is important that you include sure. it on the site. Uh, it says the CityVest team and its advisors have participated in over $3 billion worth of acquisitions, investments, and financings. So first off, $3 billion, that's a big number. Yes. But sometimes in real estate, big numbers can be misleading. Uh, you know, an individual broker can say they've done, you know, $5 million in deals, but, you know, maybe they got lucky on a $4 million apartment complex. I don't know. It's not really all that sometimes it isn't all that impressive. So right. walk me through, why, why this number? Why call this out? And why would investors take note of, of, of that particularly? So uh, a minute ago, I mentioned Lehman Brothers. I used to work <laughs> at Lehman Brothers in the 1980s. Oh, there and, you go. And I worked for the other firm that had trouble in 2008, which was Bear Stearns. Mm -hmm. So I worked for both of those firms. Uh, by 1990, uh, quite a while ago, I had already done $2 billion worth of merger and acquisition deals. They were very large companies, uh, large amounts of uh, private, uh, private equity was involved in the deals. Um, and then uh, in the 1990s, I financed about uh, 60 private placements through my broker dealer. Most of the financings were amounts between five and 50 million, uh, ran a hedge fund, uh, for eight years, each of those financings 
we're in that same five to $50 million area. Um, so for myself, uh, I'm actually pretty close to that $3 billion number alone. I do have about 20 uh, people on my investment advisory committee that help me source investment funds, uh, steer me to strategies that might be um, hot in a given cycle in the investment uh, real estate market. And so those people, each one has done uh, several hundred million of deals. So that $3 billion number is actually a little bit low, but uh, nonetheless, it's a big number. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think that's a pretty big number. That's a whole lot of uh, experience over there. And, and I was the follow-up was going to be over what time period, but you kind of uh, outlined that for me here. Sure. Um, let me So what makes CityVest, like what's good to know uh, about CityVest or makes it unique that people seek out working with you versus another platform? And we've already talked about why they, they can't do it alone. You know, right. the barriers to get into institutional funds is just way too high. So why do they work with you rather than maybe another platform out there? So uh, there are some other platforms that have been around uh, a bit longer than us. The other platforms are set up to make money. So they are finding sponsored deals where typically the platform is a broker dealer and the platform makes a big commission by helping raise capital for the sponsored deal. And the, basically the worse the deal is, the bigger the fees, the more incentive that platform has to raise that capital. We work a little bit differently. We earn a management fee for managing the capital. And so um, we're looking for the, the best funds because we want that investor to come back into not just one fund, but come into many funds. And so my belief, and, and my father was in the retail business, he always thought that the customer is always right. If you do right by your customer, they will come back to you. Uh, his, uh, his company was uh, 60 years old when he retired. It had been his father's. And I want to set up a company where my investors want to come back. They see that we're doing a good job in representing them. And I don't think some of the other real estate crowdfunders, the other platforms are providing the best product with the lowest fees. Yeah. And I noticed also, uh, I was going to get to this a little later, but you brought it up. So you, you mentioned on the site for those who are, you know, sponsors seeking capital. So people who, and walk me through, cause I know I'm going to fumble this up. So sponsor, they've got the deal, yeah. right. And they need people to invest. And so they come to you and say, Hey, would you help us raise, some funds for this deal we have, but we'd like to put together. Uh, and it says for, you know, on the site that you guys don't charge the sponsor any fees. So um, we actually don't uh, have any sponsor deals because okay. a sponsor deal would be an individual might have some experience, might be a good guy, might even find a great deal, but the kinds of deals that we want to get our investors into are real estate private equity funds. These are typically funds that are raising 100 to $500 million. So they're institutional grade. Mm -hmm. Institutions, in order to invest in them, they have teams of analysts doing due diligence and background checks. And those institutions make sure that the fees of those real estate private equity funds are as low as possible. Typically, the minimum subscription to those institutional funds is a million or $2 million. 
we aggregate our investors up to 99 investors we pool them together in order to meet that minimum subscription amount so we tend not to focus on any sponsor deals we don't think that's doing right by the investors but the real estate private equity funds typically have the best performance most institutional quality lowest fees i think they're the best deals got it do you guys ever um are, do you ever play the role as a sponsor right are you ever going out and finding the deal and then uh, raising the funds directly or is, are you always working as the marketplace? Uh, we don't act as sponsor. Anybody that uh, wants to focus on buying real estate uh, has to focus on a very local environment. So for example, I live in New York City mm -hmm. and if I look across the street from me, uh, there's a 40-story building and it's of a certain age and a certain number of people walk in front of that building and the tenants pay a certain price. And so all of those things have to be analyzed in detail to assess what's the value. When are the leases due? How, much, how old is the air conditioner on the top? How mm -hmm. old are the elevators? How much maintenance has been put into them? So buying real estate is a very local, a very specific job. There is no way that I could put myself out as an expert to say, I know that the building across the street is a good one. How about uptown or downtown, uh, views of right. sunset, you know, it's just so difficult to pick the exact property. And I would rather pick the best manager who has mm -hmm. 15 different people with their own expertise, some in multifamily, some in industrial, some in office, and they follow the market. That's all they do. They are the experts. Yeah. I'll admit, I'm not the expert in picking the property. I'm the expert in picking the investment fund manager who has the best return, consistent performance, uh, low risk, uh, finances his deals in a conservative manner, provides uh, K-1s and distributions to the investors on a timely basis, and all of that we can assess doing our due diligence on the manager. That's brilliant. That's kind of like, uh, you know, with me and with my ad agency, I. I always don't have to be the best at running, you know, any particular network, but I do know who the best ad managers are out there right. and how to identify them and I can bring them in on the project. So I, I, I get that. I'm right there with you. Um, okay. So let's ask this one. So if, uh, you know, let's say one day when I graduate and I become an accredited investor, um, <laughs> and I, I want to do a deal with CityVest, how right. liquid is my investment? So uh, it is not that liquid. Real estate is typically a long-term investment. What you would do is you would go to the website uh, and if you click on looking at investors or learn more, you have to register at the site as an accredited investor and provide some information about yourself. So there is a little bit of a hurdle that you have to go through. Mm -hmm. All of that meets the current Securities and Exchange Commission rules. After you follow that, you're then allowed to see the deals. Right now we have four transactions at the site. Uh, typically they are targeting returns of around 12 to 16%. Historically they've achieved returns of 20 to 30%, but in the current environment, the returns are a little bit lower, about 12 to 16%. Although that kind of return is typically higher for funds than what individual investors uh, can provide to uh, their investors. 
so again, all of our investors must be accredited and you have to go through that onboarding process in order just to see the deals. Got it. Okay. And I was just about to follow up and ask you, what, what are some of the returns that I could expect on the deals that you guys offer? Sure. And you just kind of went through those numbers, but yeah, go through those so again. I, so, yeah. So I gave you the, the targeted IRR, the internal rate of return. That mm-hmm. includes both the distributions that you would get on a quarterly, semi-annual or annual basis from the fund because most of our funds are buying cash flowing property. They're generating income and they distribute that money. Yep. But after the fund goes through a value add or opportunistic purchase, they will then sell their properties, generating gains and distributing that money. Typically these funds are, have a five-year life. Sometimes there's extensions to that. So they're typically not liquid for the five years. Mm-hmm. However, uh, one advantage of dealing with CityVest is we will endeavor to buy back your interest from you so that you can get liquid, although our investment in the fund typically is not that liquid. So we will endeavor to uh, buy back your interest and make you whole on your investment uh, if you do need liquidity. Got it. And so then on the, upon sale, the asset, when, when they, when the, and, and um, I'm getting it all bumbled up here, but let me, let me make sure I'm walking this through properly. So there's the fund that you're leading the investment in on. Yes. And they sell their asset, right? They sell, they're cashing out at some so, point. So we will bundle our investors. Uh huh and invest in a individual fund, Yep. right? So it might be a manager that's in California. Uh, we have one in New York, one in Chicago right now. Uh, we're speaking to one in Salt Lake City and all of these have, have slightly different strategies. So let's say we invest in the fund that's in, uh, in San Diego and they, okay. do, they do acquisitions of multifamily in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Fresno, on down to San Diego. Um, they will take their 100 million that they raise, that we are a part of that fund, and over the next five years, so it's diversified amongst 20 or 30 investments, multifamily, they will start to sell off those properties. They mm-hmm. will make distributions to us over the five years, and it's anticipated that the last asset will be sold in the fifth year. So between you know your investment and the five years, you will continually be getting distributions back from the fund with a goal that the average annual rate of return or the internal rate of return is somewhere between 12 and 16%. There's one other item that the uh, manager uh, does get a percentage of profits. So mm-hmm. he has a lot of incentive to perform and get the highest returns he can. But he only gets a percentage of the profits after the investors get something called a preferred rate of return. And it varies by fund, but it's typically eight, nine, or 10%, typically eight or 9%. But those are very good returns. Sometimes CityVest gets a higher preferred rate of return or lower fees because of the size of our investment. So if the fund has a $500,000 minimum, but we invest $2 million by aggregating our investors, we might get a reduced fee for all of our investors or a higher 
preferred rate of return. It might bump up to 9 or 10% from the 8% level that a you know, smaller investor might get. I love it. And then there's a, a bit of a network effect then on actually completing the round of funding because if you know that that can trigger either lower fees or a higher preferred rate of return, then it should then bring other investors to be, hey, I want to step up to this now. It's going to be that much better a deal. Right. So once we've crossed over either a million or $2 million, the fees we know are, sometimes we negotiate the higher fee even before we've even raised a dollar. So hmm. if that manager says, we know you're going to raise the $2 million, we'll give you the 9% pref rate and the lower fees, go out and sell that to your people. We're going to give it to you. And then it becomes self-fulfilling that in fact, we do raise two or $3 million. Got it. And then, um, you know, obviously this, the, 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 this question, uh, this topic gets brought up a lot. And I think I know the answer, but I want to make sure I hear it from you. So the gains that are realized on the sale of these assets, you're not, you know, as an investor, I wouldn't have uh, equity in the actual properties, correct? Right. You own a limited partnership uh, interest or a LLC members, uh, members uh, stake in the entity right. and that fund is the entity that actually is acquiring the property and they do so on a you know a kind of an institutional level so when they're making an offer to buy a uh, a 400 apartment multifamily complex in dallas texas they're doing that with cash in the bank so if there's an individual negotiating to buy that and he doesn't have cash in the bank he needs to go raise it he's dropping out of the bidding. He just can't yeah. compete. Meanwhile, yeah. our institutional investor, he's got $100 million in the bank. He's got lines of credit. He may buy the whole thing for cash and then refinance. And his interest rate in refinancing is going to be at the best possible rate because he's maximizing um, the, the equity, uh, the style of debt that he has. It might be might have a great deal with with an eight-year debt. He might get uh, some tax credits that might only be available for that type of loan through Fannie Mae or, or HUD. And so an institutional fund is getting the best possible deal as opposed to a lesser funded sponsor, which is the kind of deals that are on most of the other real estate crowdfunding sites. Got it. Okay. So then uh, that 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 gives me uh, leads me all the way into the question, which is, can I ten thirty one the gains from the sale of the assets? Uh, typically not, because those are uh, usually available if you're selling a, a specific property. And I yep. don't want to change the subject too dramatically, but in Trump's uh, tax law that was enacted late last year, 2018, there mm -hmm. was something called Opportunity Zone Funds. And it's somewhat like the 1031, although 1031 is exclusive to real estate. And in a 1031, you have to reinvest your principal and the gain. Mm -hmm. And then you get the deferral of the uh, capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. An Opportunity Zone Fund, which uh, there are none of them available yet because the Treasury is refining the rules. But within the next month, probably in October, you will start to see some funds, and I'm working on some 
for CityVest investors. And in mm. those funds, you would take just the gain portion and invest that in a, and it's a gain from anything, from stocks, from gold, from fixed income, real estate, any, any gain you want, you invest just the gain portion in a opportunity zone fund, which has been certified with the Department of Treasury, and you do not pay the gains tax for eight years. In addition, the gains tax that you then pay in eight years is reduced by 15%. So you get both a deferral and a reduction. And the third benefit is that amount that you invested in the Opportunity Zone Fund. If you hold it for 10 years, you pay zero tax. No tax is ever paid what? on that gain. Where do I learn more about this? I, I, I don't have time to read the tax code. <laughs> Opportunity Zone Funds. CityVest will have a Opportunity Zone Fund on its site. Uh, it's in a uh, area, it's actually in Louisville, Kentucky, where most of the assets are. There might be some other assets in Kentucky. The assets have been identified actually for five years. It just so happens that this law came about right now and these assets are ready to be purchased. They've been developed. And so for the benefit of all the investors, uh, this deal, we're gonna be raising about a $200 million fund for these specific assets. And I think the return should be quite a bit higher than some of the other returns I've been talking about. But you also get these tax benefits Oh my goodness. Deferred taxes, reduced capital gains, and then on the amount invested in the Opportunity Zone Fund, you would pay zero capital gains taxes if held for 10 years. That's that's incredible. I mean, this is kind of like what our discussion prior to getting on the on the on the show here when we were talking about, you know, for you know, you and I were talking about social media uh, of all things and the glory days of knowing when yes. a, when things are in the glory days. This sounds like one of those opportunities. I mean, that it's, a, it's a huge boondoggle for people that have money and for people that are putting these deals together. Unfortunately, there's people that don't have that capital to defer the gain. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm fairly liberal myself, so uh, it's unfortunate that those that are less fortunate and don't have those gains aren't going to be able to avail themselves of these kind of tax benefits. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It does sound like a tool that you have to have money in order to make the money with it. Right. Um, let's keep it moving here. So I'm curious, um, are, does CityVest allow for international investors or are you guys only exclusive to U.S. Uh, investors? Right. So all of the uh, offerings that we make to investors are done under Securities and Exchange Commission rules, and specifically something called a Reg D or a private placement. Mm -hmm. Foreign investors can participate in any of our deals, and that specific offering under the SEC rules would be called a Regulation S transaction, which is a private placement. It's like a Reg D, but to a foreigner called a Reg S. Got it, okay. And the Reg A, not to be confused with the music, is for non-accredited investors, right? Uh, a Reg A offering is something completely different. I don't think we need to go there. Okay. Um, but there's there's very different rules and limits up to 50 million and 
registration with the SEC involving right. at least six months, maybe even a year of back and forth. So the legal expense to conduct a Reg A or Reg A plus offering is significant and expensive. We're trying to keep our costs down. Reg D private placement rules are very flexible and uh, and fast. Yeah, I, you know, I have to apologize. I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we won't get distracted too much. Um, all right, so I'll, uh, a few things that I'm interested in is, is a marketer, is someone who um, at times I'll take on the title of growth marketer. Um, and I'm always interested in what other people are doing that's helping them grow. And so, um, you know, it sounds, I mean, your background is, is obviously you've been playing in this field of big money. I'll just put it as that Uh, for, for many years, you know, how to pull together big deals. Um, but obviously, you know, with this, I mean, you're running, you know, you have to build the network, not just close deals. So what's been working to help grow CityVest? So, uh, the, 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 the best way to attract investors is to do right by the investors. So word Mm -hmm. of mouth is working very well where we have deals, generating good returns with low fees. They tell their friends and we have a, a growing body of investors that grows every day. Um, every day I get calls, I register at the site, like to make investments. Uh, but there, there is a whole group of, of uh, social media and other uh, media ways of uh, finding investors. Uh, I do quite a bit of networking on LinkedIn because uh, investors can find me, read my bio, read about what CityVest is up to. Um, I don't really use Facebook or Twitter very much. Uh, I'm pretty much focused on LinkedIn. Have a total of, you know, between various accounts, about 45,000 LinkedIn connections. Yeah, and you won't tell me all your growth hacking secrets. It's a secret. <laughs> if I told you it wouldn't be a secret. <laughs> That's okay. You know, there's not enough hours in the day to keep up with prospecting, developing new deals, inspections, open houses, just all the paperwork that comes with being a real estate agent. It's just overwhelming sometimes. That's why I'm excited that we've partnered up with Offer to Close. Offer to Close is a transaction coordinator service that I believe you've been waiting for. No lengthy contracts with them, no masses overhead, and you only pay when you close deals. Here's how it works. Offer to Close has transaction coordinators that are also licensed agents, so you can have full confidence in who's helping manage your transactions. Offer to Close helps manage your transactions from contract to close, helping you stay focused on your business rather than administrative work. I want you to go ahead and find out more at OfferToClose.com. That's OfferToClose.com, OfferToClose.com. What, tell me about something though that you guys maybe have tried in the past that didn't work or maybe a time where you had to shift your focus uh, based on the results of uh, an experiment or something you tried. Sure. So we, we did put a, uh, an ad in a real estate related magazine and- You can't uh, say which one? I think it was called Think Realty. Okay. And, uh, it. and it, it's focused on real estate. And I'm not sure that uh, the people that read the magazine are interested in investing in institutional funds. I think they were more of the sponsors themselves who read the magazine. And Mm. so uh, we didn't get a good response from the investor side. Um, 
I, I know that when we when we speak at conferences and people understand what we're doing, then we get a great response. But an ad, uh, reading on paper what we do, a lot of people don't have the attention span to get through all of the uh, details. Uh, and, and there are a lot of details and, and secret sauce to how we do what we're, we're doing just to get access to those institutional funds because they don't want to let anybody invest in their funds. We actually have to go through a process to be vetted ourselves. They, the fund wants to make sure that we're good guys as investors yeah. to fill yeah. in subscription agreements and reading PPMs and, and limited partnership agreements. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that makes sense. Obviously, I mean, if you're going to be doing deals and you're going to be dropping, I, I don't care how rich you are. If you're spending 25 grand on it, it's worth doing a lot of due diligence. And it sounds like there'd be lots right. of details to get through. We take the time to read all the documents on behalf of our investors. Yeah. Uh, are you able to share how many uh, investors are investing right now with the CityVest platform? So we have about uh, 4,000 registrants on the site. And uh, many of them are just looking at deals and, you know, uh, another percentage are making investments in our deals. Yeah. I think that's the case everywhere. You're always going to have more people who are looking than actually pulling sure. the trigger. I mean, you guys even have on your site the, uh, you know, it's about 1% of the deals you analyze that you actually move forward with in, in pursuing funding. Yeah. So to, to, to put some numbers on that, that 1%. So, Right now, there's about 600 real estate private equity funds that have uh, filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission to raise money for their fund. So oh. 600 funds are out there, all different styles, different sizes, some small, some you know, Blackstone multi-billion dollar funds, some requiring high minimums, some focused in different sectors, industrial, value add, core, you know, different parts of the country, Florida, et cetera. And uh, we have reviewed um, almost all of those funds and on an ongoing basis, every week, every month, we look at any new funds. So right now, today, we have four funds on the site. We will mm -hmm. be adding two more funds over the next couple of weeks. That'll be a total of six funds on the site out of 600 funds. That's called 1% wow. of the deals that we look at. Wow. Wow. That, that is some serious due diligence. Um, all right. Let's, let's speaking of money. So, and I've been asking this of every guest who comes on the show because uh, in, you know, this show is based on featuring leaders in real estate and tech who are working to transform the way we buy, sell and invest in real estate. Yes. And right now, it's not just the actual real estate that's getting in, invested into, it's the tech behind the real estate. It's on underwriting better deals, managing deals, uh, managing properties, uh, so many different ways it's going. Even, especially now, the, the heat is between realtors themselves. They're battling back and forth of who has the best tech and platform, you know, right. compasses out there buying everybody left and right. Um, why do you think now, real estate is getting the push uh, to to start leading with tech. And why do you think people have started to see that, hey, it's now time to pour the money into the tech behind real estate? So um, I think traditionally there has been very little technology used in real estate. There were just simply multi-listing services 
and there weren't there wasn't good data about different kinds of real estate mm -hmm. uh, that started to change with companies like Zillow that started to aggregate lots of data about uh, valuations. Uh, but there's a, ho a whole lot of companies. Property Shark here in New York does a great job. There's some people that focus only on uh, bankruptcy offerings. So now anybody can see what, uh, what real estate properties are going through either list pendants or bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. uh, there's all sorts of uh, technology regarding uh, floor plans and stacking plans. Um, so, but we don't get involved in that technology side other than hoping that our investment managers utilize valuation technologies to make mm -hmm. sure that they understand that a multifamily that's, you know, was built in 1995 uh, it might have one value and a multifamily that might be closer to schools that might be newer is going to have, you know, a different kind of value. And that's what they assess when making their offers to buy properties. And all of that information is now readily available on lots of different uh, valuation and pricing uh, data systems. Got it. Uh, we are one question away from getting to my favorite segment of the show. Great. And uh, this one is very open-ended. Um, if there's one thing you feel it's very important for people listening to the show to understand or know about CityVest, what would that one thing be? Well, the most important thing about real estate is understanding just the basics of uh, cap rates, mm -hmm. net operating income, uh, the effect of rising interest rates on cap rates, there's mm -hmm. been a term thrown around for a couple of years called cap rate compression, so that as interest rates have come down from 2009 to fairly low rates uh, in the last couple of years, uh, in that environment where cap rates were coming down, the valuation of properties was going up. Yep. And so now uh, many people believe that we are in the late stages of this cycle and you have to be a lot more careful in buying property uh, the ways that you do that is you have to be a bit more opportunistic so if there's a distressed seller then that might give you uh, a much better valuation or price in buying a property uh, if you can take over someone's mortgage and it's at a uh, a low rate that might be advantageous. There are value add techniques to any property. If you buy a multifamily and you drive in and the driveway looks terrible, by simply re-blacktopping the driveway, it looks new. Um, if you do have a value, a value add strategy, you wanna put in new washing machines, wa uh, uh, refrigerators, re-carpet, repaint, redoing the hallways, uh, there's many things that you can do to increase the value, uh, but you need to make sure that when you're buying at whatever price that is that might reflect, say, a Class C property, that if you want to get it up to Class A, what are those uh, rents at a Class A property so that you then have the ability to increase your rent. So there's a, a lot that goes behind the funds and their analysis of properties, but the, the, the basics are understanding PREF returns, cap rates, net operating income, and the effect of interest rates um, on the valuation of properties. I, I think that was beautifully summed up. I couldn't agree more. And personally, I look for properties that have outbuildings or garages. That's just, that's my thing. I like them. I, you know, we have a rental property that has a garage. I 
yeah. the same tenant three years now. Nothing's ever broken because there's nothing to break. It's just the garage. Right. You know? right, right. So it's kind of a great thing. Well, we're going to jump into it. We're going to play the game called For the Future. For the Future is a segment where I ask each guest on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Alan, you're ready to play. Sure. I haven't played this before. I wasn't prepared, but I'm ready. <laughs> That's okay. No one gets prepared for this one unless uh, uh, one of our previous guests, he took notes on listening to old shows. But uh, all right, here we go. Uh, question number one. What does City Vest look like one year from now? Uh, we will have uh, ten to 15,000 registrants at the site. We will have raised uh, 100 to $150 million dollars for uh, various real estate private equity funds. Love it when people know the answer to that. That shows you guys have vision and been planning. I know where I'm going. <laughs> Question number two, and this is, this is probably my favorite one to ask. Where, what will the housing market look like one year from now? So there's been lots of statistics that coming out of 2000, the, the recession in 2008, uh, over the past 10 years, we have had um, a very low amount of new housing building that's taken place. Nominal would be the word I would use. Nominal. So there is significant pent-up demand for new housing. Um, I believe that multifamily uh, real estate investing is a great area. Uh, unlike, you know, industrial has been excellent because Amazon's bought up a lot of industrial properties for distribution. Uh, retail has been terrible because of the Amazon effect. But multifamily, everybody's got to live somewhere. Our yep. population continues to grow. Millennials that may have been renting uh, want to buy. Millennials that are still living at their parents' house, they want to rent. And I think that the environment for multifamily housing um, is going to be excellent for the next 10 years. And that's really our focus for most of our real estate private equity funds is multifamily real estate investing. Got it. Question number three, when will the next big boom or bust happen in real estate? So uh, real estate tends to be less volatile than stock market or bond market. So in 2008, sorry to keep going back to that year. That's okay. Had, it was pivotal for our industry. Right. The Dow probably dropped, I think, 40% and real estate valuations dropped about 15 to 20%. So I think that we will have a disruption, possibly an event that we don't today think about. We don't know what it's going to be, but there will be something that happens and the stock market will likely drop. 20% or even 25%. I don't think it's going to be 40% like 2008. And that will be highly disruptive. I mm. think that um, real estate will be uh, lower during that period of time, but I don't think anywhere near the uh, percentage drop in the stock market. So there might be a 5 or 10% drop in valuations, which just means a buying opportunity for funds. So by investing in a fund that's on CityVest, that gives them the money that when we do have a problem in the economy, they can be opportunistic and utilize that capital to buy up distressed properties to get a good long-term return. Got it. And the final of the four, 
what's one thing you believe will fade away or dramatically change in real estate as a result of technological advances? That'll fade away in real estate as a result of technological changes. Well, I think that the other real estate crowdfunders that are focused on sponsor deals, individual deals, I think that they uh, are going to continuously underperform. The sponsors just take uh, too large fees. And I think that the investors on those sites and that technology will gravitate towards CityVest. But I, I, don't, uh, I don't know of too many technologies. I think that you mentioned Compass a little while ago. I think the real estate brokerage industry will steadily go towards online brokerage. And I'm surprised that brokerage commissions have stayed as high as they are. I am seeing some cracks. I just saw one the other day. There's a 1% online brokerage fee from this company. I think that brokerage fees will steadily wow. come down and brokerage firms will go out of business. Wow. 1%. 1% brokerage fee. Yep. Yeah. I should have talked about it. It's, a, it's online. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, uh, we're going to move into the, the final or the last three. These are some questions that help people get to know a little bit more about you. There's, there's no predictions in this one here. Uh, so nothing to, to worry about. Um, okay. Uh, Alan, uh, what are you reading these days? What books, blogs, magazines? What do you read? So uh, I am a really big magazine reader, ranging from you know business publications like Forbes and Fortune uh, to um, uh, a full range of, of online. I, I believe it or not, I still get a hard copy of the Wall Street Journal and New York Times delivered to my doorstep. There's not too many of us because I know that there are no other. You get a cup of coffee and morning paper? I actually read the newspaper in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I, I read a full range of news from foreign, you know, foreign affairs to political news. Um, so it's a, it's a full range. I, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a fiction reader. Um, I, mostly, to that. I mostly read uh, financial press in, in real estate. There's publications like The Real Deal and uh, The Observer, National Real Estate Investor, uh, some other real estate uh, focused publications. Got it. Alan, who are you learning from? Who am I learning from? Um, there are a lot of real estate conferences that I go to. And so at some of these conferences, there, and I live in New York City, so there's a lot of conferences here. Uh, yep. There is a, a guy named Kent Swig who owns a, a couple of different uh, real estate brokerage companies. Uh, he bought Harry Helmsley's old real estate comp company called Helmsley. He owns uh, Halstead, and I believe he also owns Brown Harris Stevens. So he spoke recently and gave his views of the real estate market going forward. Uh, there's hmm. people from uh, Larry Silverstein's company that are uh, speaking at conferences. Uh, Forest City Ratner uh, uh, executives are speaking at conferences, and they're doing large transactions, uh, lots of development in around the New York City area in Brooklyn, Long Island City. That's very interesting development developments. Got it. And the last one here. Uh, what keeps you or what inspires you? What inspires me? Yeah. Um, 
You know, from a young age, I've been, uh, you know, a person who loves games like chess and bridge. At, when I was in high school, I was a kind of a geek and I was on a, a, a bridge team. Um, okay. And so uh, a lot of business is learning the rules and playing games. I've got three mm -hmm. kids. I, they love playing Monopoly. It's about the rules and playing the game. And, and so City Vest is just a, a more sophisticated game. There's lots of rules that I deal with in relation to uh, securities, security offerings, uh, investing. And, and uh, many people think I'm a lawyer. I, I'm not, but I, I know my boundaries. <laughs> you just got to know enough to where you know where not to go. That's all. I'm pretty good at that. Alan, this has been awesome. Uh, I, I absolutely love this conversation. Uh, I got to learn more about those opportunity, what was it, opportunity zone funds? Opportunity zone funds. You just look up those words and yeah. uh, on Google and they'll come up. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to find out more about that. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing so much about CityVest, but also, you know, some of the uh, secondary and tertiary uh, topics we went into. Before we head out, um, how can people connect directly with you and learn more about CityVest? Sure. So CityVest is uh, www.citvest.com. Uh, that's the best place to start. Uh, anybody can feel free to call me if they want. Phone number is 212-593-1600. Obviously, you can see I'm happy to talk and, and help anybody out with whatever uh, – they're working on in real estate or if they want to invest in our deals, learn about our deals. I'm happy to walk through it and um, help anybody along. That's a sign of a deal maker right there, giving his phone number out. I appreciate it, Alan. Um, next time I'm in New York City, which uh, may be November and also maybe de uh, December, I'll have to hit you up and uh, we'll, we'll have to meet up. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you, you sharing. And uh, you know, if uh, you're listening to the show, I, I encourage you check it out, especially if you're a accredited investor. It sounds sure. like they've got a pretty good product. Uh, and then until then, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank Thanks. you, Nate. Nice talking with you. Yep. Take care. Have a good night. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.